Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for this podcast is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by Lynda.com. Learn what you want, when you want, with access to thousands of high-quality, easy-to-follow video tutorials, including many about photography. For seven days of free, unlimited, in-depth courses, visit Lynda.com slash TWIP. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, just go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TWIP3. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the simple online accounting solution built for small business owners just like you who want to skip the headache at tax time. For a limited time, try FreshBooks free for 60 days. To get started, visit GetFreshBooks.com now and enter This Week in Photo in the How Did You Hear About Us section. This week on TWIP, a special episode of TWIP recorded live on the show floor of WPPI in the Panasonic booth. This episode features Julio Shorio, William Ennis, and Kristen Jensen. Plus, at the end of the show, an interview on travel photography with Mr. Ralph Velasco. All that and more on episode number 353 of This Week in Photo. And welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. This is a very, very special show that we're doing today. If you notice, there's a lot of ambient noise around if you're listening to this on the podcast. And that's because we're at WPPI 2014 recording TWIP live from the Panasonic booth here on the show floor. It's going to be good. Very, very good. We're going to be talking about mirrorless cameras. We're going to be talking about some of the crazy stuff that Panasonic has released in the recent weeks. We're going to talk about ethos behind mirrorless versus DSLRs, all that stuff. And joining me to tackle these topics, Mr. Julio Shorio. How are you doing, Julio? Good. It's going good, man. It's always always a pleasure talking to you. Always, man. Always. Cool. And you're branded. I like you. Julio Shorio shirt. Just in case you forget who you are. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) And if it's upside down and backwards, it says something else. Uh Oh, here we go. There we go. Play it backwards. <laughs> William Ennis, winning photographer extraordinaire, also on the stage with us. Thank you. Good to this be here. Is, these are your peeps here, right? This is your show. This is my show. I love this show. Yeah, welcome. I've been coming eight years, so I love it. Wow. wow. This episode is brought to you by Lynda.com. That's L-Y-N-D-A.com. You can learn what you want, when you want, with high-quality video tutorials at lynda.com. And Lynda gives you everything you need to improve your skills. Lynda offers a variety of instruction. You can learn software, creative business skills, photography techniques, web design, and more. They have over 2,000 courses and over 100,000 tutorials. They offer courses for all levels, and they add new courses each and every day. Their courses are taught by industry experts, and their instructors are accomplished professionals that are at the top of their fields and passionate about teaching. 
Linda's courses are high quality video productions and the videos are made in state of the art studios. They use screenshots, narration, live action, smart boards, charts, graphics, and audio. No homemade YouTube videos here. Linda.com courses are convenient. You can take them anytime from your computer, your tablet, or your mobile device. And each Linda.com course is structured so that you can learn from start to finish or just jump to in to find a quick answer. You can quickly search transcripts to easily find the information you're looking for. And for one low monthly price of $25, they give you unlimited access to the entire course library. You can start improving your skills with a free seven day trial, including unlimited access. And you can show your support for This Week in Photo at lynda.com slash twip. We thank lynda.com for their support. lynda.com, what do you want to learn today. Okay guys, let's let's jump right into it. So let's talk about micro four thirds. Let's just set the stage. Micro four thirds as a standard, right? So the, to my under my understanding is that it's a consortium, the format or the standard was a, a concerted effort between Panasonic, Olympus, um, Leica and maybe some other folks. Can you kind of describe what happened there for us to get that, that standard? Yeah, well, the, the standard is, um, the Micro Four Thirds standard is based off of the Four Thirds standard, which was just DSLRs with a Four Thirds sensor. Mm -hmm. uh, but the whole idea was to make a, a system that's a pure digital camera. Mm -hmm. So so basically starts changing the whole paradigm of, of, of camera design to, instead of having it to be based in uh, analog, now this is a pure digital standard. So when it went to Micro Four Thirds, the mirror went away, and you got things like a constant live view, you're able to get higher quality video, smaller cameras like the GM1, and a variety of other amazing uh, stuff that we talk about all the time. But yeah, yeah. I think I think what's most important is you have two major companies making camera bodies and lenses, and you got somebody as high end as Leica that's in the mix as well. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, and known for their glass and the whole idea between. You know, taking the mirror out of the mix. What what kind of features that does that enable when you when you go directly? The light beams go directly to the sensor. What right. You so you get, you always get a live view. There's never any any viewfinder blackout. You don't have to shoot and then look at the screen. You see it live, mm -hmm. and you can you can actually see what your image looks like before you actually take the picture because it's a constant feed. Mm -hmm. And if you have a constant feed, then it's like cool. I like this in color. I like this in black and white. There's absolutely no guessing. Yeah. Uh, it's just a more intelligent camera. Uh, but this is nothing new, right? I mean, with even like your basic video camera, you know, your 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 consumer-based video right. camera, that was doing all this stuff like decades ago, right? Right. So, yeah, camcorders had live view, mm -hmm. but they were camcorders. Right. They were camcorders. Now you have a larger sensor. You got a lot more intelligent information uh, of the processors and software in the camera. Yeah. And again, it's this is these are designed for photographers. Yeah. I don't I don't want to take pictures like this. Right. Yeah. Like this. Well, unless you need to be like that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so William, so let's let's talk about the stuff that you do. So you're out running around the world, you're shooting weddings, all this stuff. So the the question I have, and I hear this a lot, there's a and we talk about this on Twip a lot too, the perception of the DSLR or the larger cameras, whether it's Nikon, Canon, Sony, whoever, but these bigger cameras being able to create create a superior image. And using one of these with the smaller sensor, which is roughly half the size of a full frame sensor, right? 
how could the physics don't work? How could you possibly get that quality? What would you say to that? Um, I would say you can get great quality out of these cameras, and I do it all the time. Yeah. And uh, we have pictures hanging here in this booth that are amazing and blown up like very, very large. Um, many times when I have wedding consultations, that objection will come up with clients. Mm -hmm. They want to know what equipment you're shooting with, and the easiest way to get rid of them, get rid of those objections, is just show them examples of the work. Yeah. Show them prints. Show them on your screen. Do a slideshow, or show them an album that has been shot with these cameras, and the objection goes away. So in my world for weddings, this is more than enough uh, yeah. to get the quality that I need. So more than so. What about like? So that's the client perception. But what about the other photographer perception, right? I mean, not, not that you're shooting for other photographers, but from the standpoint of, say, coming like Panasonic that wants to lure people onto this format and show them that it can do, it can be just as good as other cameras or better, you know. So, what do you say to those peers that say, "Hey, William, you're shooting with the Micro Four Thirds." Little, yeah. Yeah. I just tell them the cake. Try the camera. Look at my work and look at other people's work. Yeah. Feel it and try it. And it's, it amazes me how many people have tried these cameras and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, really? Yeah. This is awesome. And it's yeah. very easy to use. And it, the beauty of it is, besides stills, it's, you take fabulous video with it, too. And especially the new camera that... Uh, yeah, the GH3. Yeah, we're yes. going to talk about this one in a minute. But I know you have a, you have a GM1 over there somewhere. I do. So I that's a, which is, by the way, my GM1. It is your camera, That I yes. personally purchased. It's not given to me. I bought that on Amazon. <laughs> so, it's a so, great camera. I love that camera. So that, that camera, tell us about it. Um, I love this camera because besides shooting weddings, I shoot weddings so I can travel. I love traveling. And uh, I just took a trip to Morocco three weeks ago. I spent 12 days over there. And uh, I did not take a big camera kit with me. I took this camera. I took a GX7. I took about five lenses, and I had them in the bottom of my backpack. And that's all I took with me. That's it. And uh, the other thing... And extra batteries. And extra batteries. Yeah. And the other thing I will admit, uh, these cameras have a mode called Intelligent Auto. Now, when I shoot weddings, I'm full manual, everything. Sure. Manual focus, manual aperture. Really? Yeah, okay. pretty well. I'll use autofocus at weddings, but the rest of it's all manual. It's all manual. Okay. Uh, when I went on this trip, I set it on this intelligent auto mode. I never took it off. No, why? So, what's intelligent about intelligent auto? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, it's very intelligent. Uh, there's something. You just give the answer. It's better than auto. That it is. is that. <laughs> it scares me because we would. Um, my wife likes taking pictures of food. She's taking a picture, and the camera shows this little picture of food. It's like it knows. Like, how does it know if it's food and not a landscape that looks kind of looks like food? There or something <laughs> like they're checking it out. I don't know, but it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I was. I have to test it. I was taking a picture of an infant with that thing, and it knew that it was an infant. And it threw up a little icon of infant on there. But like, how do you know? And then what are you doing to make a better picture of an infant? Huh? <laughs> That's just amazing. Yeah. And the, the other great thing about it, too, is when I travel, yeah. uh, now I'm not wrapped around the camera. I, so I, now I get to experience the country I'm in and the culture because I'm not spending a lot of time fiddling around with the camera. I'm just capturing the image that I want. And we got great images with these cameras. That's yeah, crazy. I'm very happy with that purchase. I, still got, I feel like i got to learn how to use it. I have a GX7 as well. But it's a little, there's nuances that, you know, that I need to, I got to get familiar with the camera before I take it into battle. I know? like your case. You like that little half case? That was I on do. Amazon too. I do. I love it. I love it. Beautiful. It adds to the retroness it of the does. camera. <laughs> so, Julio, looking at, looking at this guy, so that's, that 
I would say represents, I wouldn't say low end, but uh, a, an entry level to Micro Four Thirds maybe, uh, but with no concessions. Right, 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 right. I mean, there are some features in that camera that, that or, or in this one that that does not have. Right. The image quality from that small camera is you can go out and shoot an assignment with it, no right. problem. In fact, I'm, I'm challenging myself to find a client that's going to hire me, <laughs> and I'm going to shoot and I'm with one of those, and I'm going to show up and shoot a cover with that. Shoot the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love it. So then contrast what's, what that one's for versus what this This is the new flagship GH4, right. which its claim to fame is to shoot 4K video. Right. right. So first of all, tell us the features, some of the features, don't go through the whole list, but yeah, that would take some, hours. Of the, some of the cool features in, in this one that you really like. Mm -hmm. and and then um, I want to talk about 4K. Cool. Uh, well, you know, the thing is, 4K video, it, it has to, you have to have such an incredible amount of horsepower to process the video and process it well mm -hmm. and have a really good image quality. So that, those, that, that processing of 4K video it directly relates to higher image quality. Mm -hmm. This is a brand, brand new sensor designed specifically for that kind of higher image quality for a high-end professional. This is a bread and butter camera for most pros mm -hmm. and a much larger electronic viewfinder. You, um, the face detection autofocus is spectacular. You can actually shoot continuous face detection autofocus at seven frames a second. Really? You'll nail, you'll nail that focus. Wow. Which is cool. And then, of course, the could force you do sports with it then? I mean, you could. Okay. You could. Um, how good it would be compared to, say, like the high end cameras and that, because I don't know because I don't shoot sports. Right. Okay. But when I did test this with a moving model, it nailed the, the focus. Okay. So that was impressive. But the 4K video is really cool because you're going from a 2 megapixel frame of video, which is standard HD to an eight, eight and a half megapixel frame of video, which is 4K. Yeah. So you're talking four times the definition. You can actually take that video clip, pull that in the Lightroom, extract a frame and make a print from that frame of video. See, that that is what I, it seems like that's been the holy grail since yeah. digital cameras showed up. You know, wouldn't it be great if I could just shoot video and then harvest it and pull out frames right. and, and sell those prints and print them or whatever. So you're saying that we're, are we there? You're totally there. And now, now the thing is, it's not it's not intended. I don't I don't see it as a as a replacement for a still, mm -hmm. but it's, it's essentially another product. So you have your still image, you shoot some video, then from that video clip, you can do a variety of things: make animated portraits, mm -hmm. throw it into some sort of pro show web uh, uh, presentation, yep. and pull frames when you need to, and print those. Wow. So instead of having to, to, to go into a shoot and having one product, now you can have five, six, seven, eight products on the same shoot. On the same shoot. Now, William, I saw a video in which you had you got your hands on one of these. I know they since yanked it out of your hands. Uh, it didn't last long. <laughs> I think we had it for a day. Yeah. It was a hot potato, right? It was. So, but you got a chance to test it and do a shoot with it. What did you think? I had two shoots with it. I had okay. two different cameras. I got to shoot some stills with it, yeah. and I love the stills, the low light capability. It has a new, uh, a new sensor, a new engine built into it. The colors were amazing. So from a still point of view, I can't wait to get my hands on it. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, two weeks ago, we had a wedding in Los Angeles, and uh, I hired a local friend of mine to come and shoot some 4K video. Mm. He was there about an hour, and we edited it down to a two-minute video, and it, it's stunning. It's playing here behind us on a 4K TV. There's a shot of an old Packard from 1930-something in the video, and you want to sort of reach it through the TV and touch the car. It's that amazing. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So what about, so when you, when you get one of these and or two of them you know and you take them to wedding two yes. yeah of course you need to um, and you take it to you start shooting professional work with it like what you saying about the the idea that you can pull frames are the frames that you pull from a GH4 
okay to putting a wedding album? I think they're more than okay. I saw an example last week where we did that. We uh, pulled this uh, frame out of a camera and printed it uh, 16 by 20, and it was amazing. And then somebody asked us to crop it even smaller, and we printed it again, and it, it just blew me away. Wow. I cannot believe it. So it's there. You can do that. And is this going to? Are you going to? So when I guess the, the to put a fine point on it, what I'm asking is when you start doing when you get this and this is in your workflow, is it going to change the way you do your weddings? Uh, I, I got to think about that more. I mean, there's still situations where you have to sort of run and gun and there's lighting conditions and you, you wouldn't be shooting video. Sure. But yeah. there are things now that you could do. Yeah. Um, so an example might be the processional. The wedding's over, the bride's excited, she's like raising her flowers, and instead of waiting for that for a still, you could actually shoot that on video now. Yeah. Get the whole processional and be able to pull that out and make a print of it. I love it. So, yeah. I love it. So, yeah, I can't wait to see what you produce with this thing. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, just go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TWIP. Three. And remember, the new Squarespace metric app for iPhone and iPad allows you to check site stats like page views, unique visitors, and social media follows. With the blog app, you can make text updates, tap and drag images to change layouts, and monitor comments on the go. And when you start your free trial, you don't need your credit card. You can start building your website right away. And then when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, just be sure to use the offer code TWIP3 and get 10% off and to show your support for This Week in Photo. And we'd like to thank Squarespace for their support of the show. Remember, Squarespace, it's everything you need to create an exceptional website. Now, William, I know you got to take off. You have yes. some other stuff to do here at yep. the show. So um, before you do that, I want, yeah, you have that tablet over there. Yeah, I want to show quick. that. Yeah, uh, let's see that. So that's the 4K tablet, right? Yeah, the this is the uh, Panasonic 4K tablet. Again, it's an amazing device. Um, and these are just like some of the images that we shot uh, while we were in Morocco. That's crazy. And uh, I just can't get over the clarity of it. And these it, are all either shot on the GX7 or the GM1. These were all shot on the GX7 or the GX7. And these were shot in uh, like the program modes and stuff? I some auto. of them were. Some were wow. high auto or sometimes I use the effects modes if I just wow. to get a cool that's, black That's awesome. Shot. And yeah. folks folks that are listening to the audio for this episode, we'll have this video embedded on thisweekinphoto.com. And William, if you'll send me some images over, we'll put those on the site as well. I'll get them to you. Awesome. Okay. All right. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Very cool. Yeah, thank you. So right. we'll, we'll talk to you soon. So what's your, where's your website, by the way? Uh, just williaminnes.com. Okay, williaminnes, I-N-N-E-S.com. Yeah, cool. I guess I have to give this back to you now. you right? got to give it back. Right. Sorry. <laughs> I like the case. Thanks, William. All right, thanks I appreciate it. Okay, so while we're swapping William out, we're going to uh, bring in... Oh, you can hold on that for us. <laughs> We're going to bring in Sam KJ. He's from a company called HotRodCameras.com. And speaking of video and that sort of thing, they make this cool Optimus Prime looking transformer <laughs> gimbal thing for cameras that is probably smarter than a lot of photographers, including me, in terms of keeping your camera steady. So Sam's going to talk to us about wh why they built this, what is it for, Who's using it? All that good stuff. Sam, are you uh, you all mic'd up and ready to go? Yeah, I think I'm good. So, okay, Sam KJ, Hot Rod Camera. Is it HotRodCameras.com, right? HotRodCameras.com, yeah. Okay, so tell me what this thing is. Okay, so this uh, is a gimbal. And how a gimbal works is it has a series of three electronic motors that control tilt, pan, and roll. Okay. 
And those, those motors are controlled by a sensor up here that runs through an umbilical to the brain in the back, which is a, actually a computer processor that basically tells the motors to keep the camera steady. Sure. Wow, and that's and that's the whole deal right there. Yep. How long will that last? Because it, clearly it's powered, right? So can yes. I shoot all day with it? Or it's, well, it it really depends on what you're doing because the gimbals are run by a lithium polymer battery here, uh -huh. and um, so if you're going extreme angles like this and yeah. working and doing a lot of this stuff, then you're not going to get as much uh, time out of the battery. Yeah. If you're just holding it straight and doing nice, real slow stuff you're getting a lot more time out of the battery. And it also has to do with balance. It, uh, balance is very important of, with the camera. The better you balance it, the less the motors have to work. Yeah. And so, and there are techniques to balancing it, and it's definitely a skill that you learn, but once you have that skill, there's a real yeah, feel to it. Yeah, I've seen you floating around with that thing, and it's just like, it's just floating. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So on this, so I'm looking at this, so there's a display on there, mm -hmm. so I can see live what the camera's shooting, and I can also, on the there's a joystick on the thumb, I can control mm -hmm. the camera if I want. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So you, can you, I know maybe this is a later iteration, I know like say with some drones, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of people are talking about the quadcopters and those sort of the hexacopters that have a built-in gimbal on them similar to this guy. Those guys, you can point it at a subject and say, I want you to stay pointed at that subject while I move around. Mm -hmm. Can you do similar things with this? Well, what you can do with this is with the thumb control, you can set it at the angle you want. Let's say that, and then it's going to stay at that angle. Whoa, as you move oh, that's around. crazy! <laughs> that now he wants one. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's cool. really it's it's so nice. They really Defy really spent the time working on the design of this gimbal. And now this gimbal holds two to three pounds. They also have a gimbal that holds five to seven pounds. Five pounds recommended. This is two pounds recommended. Yeah. And they're coming out with a gimbal that will hold 10 to 14 pounds. Wow. Uh, 10 pounds recommended, but can go up to 14 pounds. Why would you need something that that well, heavy? And I, this, the company is trying to gear towards a lot of cinem cinematographers uh -huh. who work in the professional cinematography industry. And there are, there are lots of cameras that weigh, um, like the red weighs right. about that much. Right, we, right. We are recommending the G2 um, with a GH4 because this camera is so amazing you know you get 4k you get you get all all the awesome capabilities and this tiny little camera that weighs less than two pounds right and so you can mount it on here with a with a pancake wide-angle lens which is really what you want for a float yeah. and we can't stress enough that people should have a dedicated float camera it's not it, like the way that the gimbal works it's not exactly set up for a camera to come off and go right back on okay. and run and gun shoot so it. that's that's the camera once it goes yes. on there, you, you want to keep, keep it on there. Yeah, all yeah. day if you can, because it's the balance is um, it's delicate. It's not difficult, but it is delicate, mm -hmm. and so it takes a little bit of time. And so having a dedicated float camera is a very good idea, and the GH4 is probably the best float camera that I know out there right now. So last question about this guy. Where can people get one, and how much do they cost? Well, you can get them at Hot Rod Cameras. Mm -hmm. um, you can call us at 323-230-3589, or go to hotrodcameras.com. You'll have to write that number down so I can... <laughs> yes, yes I, yeah, I'll give you a card. Yeah. But you can give us a call at the shop, and uh, it costs $2,600. Mm -hmm. um, that's list price. And then, um, it, but it works really great with the GH4, and we are also selling the GH4, so right. you can get both at our shop. Very cool. And can I get it in red? Uh, you, uh, you know what? Yeah, custom job. Yeah, yeah. We'll do it. You gotta make a Frederick version in red. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so sorry. What's this? Uh, this? This is a Paralynx. It's a wireless HD monitoring system. It processes. It, it um, uh, transmits up to a uh, hundred meters line of sight, and it's leg-free 1080p up to 30. 
30 frames per second. So it transmits the video to yes. wow. So you could transmit this, what's coming out of the camera right now, to a second monitor or a projector <laughs> or a television, whatever has an HDMI input, you can project, you can transmit video to it. That's wow. crazy. I may have to get one of those. That's so I may have to get one. I wasn't sold when I saw you. Now that you explained it, I'm like, oh, right. Okay, wow. I need one. It's wow. pretty I need cool. One. That's it's, awesome. It's really awesome. Nice. Well, Sam, thanks for coming on. Cool. Thank I, you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks a lot. You take care. You can leave that behind if you want. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Next, coming up uh, to uh, talk to us about some business and more gear stuff is Miss Kristen Jensen. Kristen's a wedding photographer in Connecticut, and it's a little bit cold in Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> Go on up. So, G, while we're getting her mic'd up, let's talk a little bit more. I've got a couple other things I wanted to talk to you about. So, we talked about mirrorless at the beginning, the Microforce third standard and all that. So, the, is this there a place to have more than one format? And, like, in your life in particular, you can't talk for everybody here at WPL. Right. But if you want to have a DSLR and a mirrorless camera and a full video camera, and that, the way that you work, do you need that? Or can you do everything with just one the, of those? The way that I work, I prefer to have less gear. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, if I have, if I have smaller, less, and, and smaller gear and, and less gear as a whole, I, I'm not. I, I can focus more on the, on the creation process. Mm -hmm. You know, you find. You know, like that's why when we all started photo school or we were learning photography, what do you get? You get back in the day. I got a little K1000 with a 50 millimeter lens, and that's what you learn on because you learn to see, and you're not having to, to really fumble with the camera too much. So if you have a, for me personally, if I have, when I had my DSLRs and I had Micro Four Thirds, it just it's made things more complicated because then it's like you know, it's, it's like the uh, the paradigm of. Uh, the paradox of choice. Yeah. Too many choices. What, what am I going to use? Am I going to use this lens, that lens, this camera, that that, that camera body? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'll, I piggyback on that. One of the, the epiphany moments that I had, like I said, I think I said this before, was the whole idea that I could get the GM1. I can I can have a which I have. I have GM1. I have a GX7. Those are my two cameras. I also have an Olympus LMD EM5, and I can use all those lenses on any of the bodies right. at any time. Coming from Nikon, it's not like that. You got to right. use, you know, Nikon lenses or Sigma or, you know, whatever. You can put those on there, but it's not, you're not interchanging bodies and manufacturers and lenses and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Now, do you, like, was that an epiphany moment for you as well, like, when you first got into this? Yeah, stuff? I, I, I kind of sold all my DSLR. My, my <laughs> you're like, I'm done. No, I, yeah, I'm, I was like, I'm out of here because I, I, I shot mainly primes. Um, I had Canon uh, L glass. I had, like, uh, half a dozen primes, and they were, they were nice, and I liked them, but I wasn't going to, like, try to, like, put one of those massive lenses on one of these bodies and then lose my autofocus and lose, lose this other stuff. It was just less expensive for me just to like sell it all. Yeah. And get into converted into yeah. smaller. But I kept the same system. I kept both systems at the same time. Yeah. Because you never just want to like show up to a shoot with something you never used before. Yeah. Don't go into battle with no, untested yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you <laughs> test it and then work into the system. Yeah. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the simple online accounting solution that's built for small business owners just like you. For a limited time, you can try FreshBooks free for 60 days. To get started, just visit getfreshbooks.com and enter This Week in Photo in the How Did You Hear About Us section. And it's tax time. If you're not using FreshBooks, your life is probably a mess right now. You're hunting for receipts, you're digging through invoices, going through every record one by one. 
It's the worst. FreshBooks is a simple cloud accounting solution that makes tax time a breeze. And with FreshBooks, you can create professional looking invoices, capture and track expenses, and get real-time business reports with just a few simple clicks. Plus, you can work anywhere with FreshBooks using their mobile apps for your phone and tablet. And I use FreshBooks personally to manage the This Week in Photo universe by because you know it's kind of a one-man band here managing all the expenses and the invoicing and the clients and all advertisers, all that stuff. So FreshBooks is the back end to everything on This Week in Photo. It automatically invoices advertisers, it invoices everything, keeps everything in track, and when I need to run reports for tax time, it's a few simple clicks, and boom, I'm done. I don't have time, I wanna be a photographer, I wanna be out shooting, so FreshBooks makes it easy for me to just get everything done. And it's, uh, it's, it's just a great service, it's a godsend for getting things done as a very, Thin operation in terms of headcount, and you know, for me, if I if I knew known about FreshBooks when I first started this week in photo, a ton of headaches would have just gone away. I mean, we receive invoices from people using FreshBooks, so they, you know, when when we send things out, they look professional. We get paid online, so there's no hassle of mailing checks or anything crazy like that. So FreshBooks is awesome. And like I said at the beginning, for a limited time, you can try FreshBooks for free for 60 days. Just get started at getfreshbooks.com and enter this week in photo in the how did you hear about us section. And right now, FreshBooks is giving our listeners and viewers an extended 60-day free trial just to make sure you can get through tax time in a breeze. They're trying to make everything easy for you. So head over to getfreshbooks.com, enter this week in photo in the how did you hear about us section when you sign up and enjoy and make sure you know, you tell them that this week in photo sent you. Kristen Jensen, Hi. how are you doing? I'm doing good. Welcome to this week in photo. Hey, <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you. Again, yes, this yeah. is your second time on, right? I, I love it. Thank you. But this is the first time in person and live and doing this like this. Doing it like this. Yes. And, and, and being with the master That's here. Right. Yes. That's the, the master. The master. Oh, thank you. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> She's like, oh, I like this. <laughs> so, Kristen, what kind, of, what kind of stuff do you shoot? What's, uh, what's your, your niche in photography? I would say it's lifestyle photography. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're loving it. And you're using, obviously, you're using, you're a Lumix luminary. Lumix so you're using luminary. Lumix cameras. Yeah, to do your I, work. I, I've sort of migrated into it. I, I'm, I'm not fully doing everything with it, but um, yeah. I have a, I have a, a, I have a studio. I have yeah. my own studio, and I have a rack with all my. Um, uh, Lumex lenses and all my Lumex gear yeah. and um, all my Canon stuff is kind of moved off into the corner the and dust, it doesn't it, dusty. Yeah, yeah yeah it's just it, you know I had to sort of ease my way out of it so and that's what's happened I haven't sold it but it's almost it's you're off in that it, overlap period like G talked yeah, about yeah. yeah it's just become easier and I've become much more comfortable with it yeah and um, I, I take it with me everywhere my the GX7 is my my go-to camera it goes in my bag and uh, it's just become just an easier system for me to use and it took a while to get comfortable with it and to just feel confident with it yeah, um, yeah. I think I felt like for clients that I had to come with the big guns you know um, 
Yeah, just, like, just because it's I would like show theater, up. Right? Yeah, yeah, like I had to up, with smoke and mirrors. Yeah, you got to show up like a sumo to yeah. act like you know you can like you can wrestle, right? Yeah, just and and then um, what, what's happened too is because of being a Lumex luminary and all the PR we've done um, and blogging about it and talking about it, now I think it's like expected. Yeah. Because they and people want to know about the cameras. I mean, even in my personal life. Every, everywhere I go, I, if I go out to a dinner party or I have it, people buy it the next day. They're like, where can wow. I buy it? Where, what can we do? So wow. um, I get a lot of questions. Um, so here, here's a question for you. So in your, your background, you did a lot of modeling, right? You're yeah. on stage a lot. You're in movies, all that stuff. So looking at looking at it from this side, like if you could go back, go back in time, knowing what you know now, and looking at the gear that they were using to shoot you back then, which I'm sure was... You know, everything from Hasselblad's all the way down the chain, right? In that world, is there a place for these kinds of cameras in the high-end professional fashion modeling, the stuff that you did, runway, all that? You mean for today? Yeah, if, if like, yeah. so today. So yeah. knowing what you know now, can we use these kind of cameras to do Absolutely. that kind of work? Really? Absolutely, yeah, because the, the end result is the quality is stellar. Yeah. 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 So that's yeah. crazy. So, <laughs> I, I mean, we used to have to take Polaroids. And, yeah, yeah. You know, it took, you know, everything took a long Polaroids, time. I was, yeah, Polaroids. Well, I was looking yeah. at, um, you know, when you're on Facebook, we do our, our throwback Thursdays and, 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 and look at um, pictures, and I was looking at my modeling pictures, and I've got a stack like this of uh, Polaroids, you know, that we used to take. So, wow. oh yeah, times wow. have changed so much. I mean, it's just a beautiful thing yeah. to, to have gear like this that, that just produces stellar images. And so that's you, really what it is, is the end result. It's so. the end result, right? Yeah, yeah but it's also the, the journey there as well, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's easier for you to get from point A to point B lighter and faster. It's lighter. I mean, it's just so everything fits in a little bag. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's especially for wedding photography when you're carrying multiple cameras and, yeah. and lenses. Yeah. So. so what are you shooting these days? I mean, what's what's the... Uh, I, it's everything. I mean, I, I photographed a jazz band. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just did a, their, you know, their CD cover. Um, I photographed an actress last week. I mean, it's wow. it's really a mix of people. I photographed celebrities, um, politicians. Yeah. Um, it's really mostly people it's not um, are you I, doing are you doing uh, hybrid and mixing video I'm just starting to that? do more of that and getting comfortable with it I know are you doing you're Julio's doing more good. of it right he's that's the master do, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's all you're yeah, doing yeah do. no and I know Suzette is too <laughs> no but exactly but I'm I, and I'm yeah. getting asked to do that good, I am shooting good. video I am shooting video, and a lot yeah. of my clients are asking for video, so yeah. I'm, I'm getting more comfortable with it, for sure. Very yeah. cool. Julio, so talk about that a little bit. So animated portraits, hybrid, cinemagraphs, flixels, it, it, I could go on and on, it, yeah, right? Yeah. You know? So what is that stuff, and why should people care? Well, essentially, uh, hybrid photography is blending some form of still and some form of video together. Now they could they could be separate entities. You can have a still photograph and maybe a looping video. Mm -hmm. But if, you know, considering that that video is nothing more than a series of stills, if you're shooting video like a photographer, okay, it, meaning that you're using you're simply using your exposure and whatever, just like you're you're shooting your stills, you hit the red button, you record a, a short clip, then you have a second product and you can integrate that into other products with your your photograph. Right. So it's a variety. There's a variety of names as we were just discussing: cinemagraphs, animated portraits. Whatnot, yeah, and and it can be confusing. Yeah, but essentially, what it's it's a hybrid of video and still together, in a variety of forms. But I, I so clear that up because I okay. in a variety of forms, right? So I hear 
And Kristen, you're probably in the same boat as well, you know, as you start moving into that direction. But I hear the phrase hybrid, mm -hmm. which in my head means Toyota still, Prius? still, still, oh, okay. <laughs> video, video. That's what yeah. I, yeah, or, or right, plants. right. That's yeah. what I'm. That, that's what I'm. I, I always yeah. think of that too because what, I'm what? doing just what you just said. Yeah. That it's like a mix of the same shoot because I'm doing the stills yeah. and then I'm doing the video. Yeah. And then well, I'm that, doing that, the stills. That's, that's or I think when I think of hybrid, I think of a certain. I think of cars. <laughs> the Prius. The Prius. Yeah. I think of some kind of plants that are becoming legal in California. Yeah. Yes. In Colorado. <laughs> in other states. Seattle. <laughs> in other states, Seattle. You know, hybrid has many connotations. Yeah, right. Right. Know? So then I think of when I think of uh, animated gifts, I think low quality. I think, uh -huh. you know, staccato motion, not smooth. So de like demystify all this stuff for us. So, so again, hybrid photography is incorporates uh, like Animoto slideshows. That's part of the hybrid photography concept. So, because again, that's a form of mixing still and videos. But it doesn't have to be like a slideshow. Yeah. Okay. So my animated portraits are a, um, a looping a portrait that has still and video combined in the form of the still photo could be the person's face, but the video portion could be the earrings moving, mm -hmm. or it could be uh, if it's a bride. It could be the, the gown flowing in the wind. Mm -hmm. It has the look and feel of a, the soul of the image as a photograph. But whereas a photograph has a, just a slice in time, an animated portrait has a little, a slightly larger slice of that time. Got it. Okay, Got it's, it's, okay. a, it's a slight expansion on it. Okay. It's not replacing the printed image. It's not replacing the photograph. It's an addition to the photograph. Got and it. So that's what hybrid photography is about. It means I'm going to a, a shoot with a camera like a GH4, and from this within this camera, I'm going to shoot some stills. I'm going to shoot some video. I'm going to shoot it in different ways. So maybe for my video, I'm, I'm going to leave the camera on a tripod or just handhold it, shoot a short clip, and then from that clip I can bring it in a Lightroom, I can uh, take the files out, print those, I can take that, that video file, I can make an animated portrait with like Cinemagraph Pro or Creative Cloud, and then I can take those files and then I can send them over to uh, like a Pro Show web slideshow. Mm -hmm. That's hyper photography, you're basically capturing multimedia content mm -hmm. and you're making the most products and services to offer your clients. Yeah. So as, a, as opposed to being, you know, if you ask anybody that's, that's, an invest, that's into investing, they're going to say, well, you want to diversify your portfolio. Mm -hmm. As a photographer, you want to diversify your services and product products. Right. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. if you're going to a, one, you're going to your client, you're like, I'm a one-trick pony, and somebody shows up with a camera that's half the size, I'm like, yeah, I can give you five products. I can shoot it all in the same time. You're going to, you're going to, and then you can, you can, you can sell more, mm -hmm. you know, and that client's like, wow, this guy's going to save me time. Yeah. They're going to provide me more products and more services. Yeah, it's going to cost more. But the value is there. Right. I love it. I love it. Harvest the images. Harvest the create you multimedia to, content and then harvest it out. Because everybody's looking at images on a screen. Yeah. And the screen can display sound or can broadcast sound, display still, display video. I love it. I love it. I love where all this stuff is going. It's crazy. So Kristen, where is it it's going? Like, well, that's what I'm, I'm, I am doing it then. <laughs> I am doing it. I am doing that. I'm doing that with my corporate people. Mm -hmm. If I have them, you know, my corporate ladies, they, they have their hair and makeup on, they're done, and I, you know, I put a put a mic on them, and, right. and they're already, they just do their, do an intro and tell me about their business. Yeah, it can I mean, be they're already there. Because yeah. the, the, the verbiage is still being defined. It's like saying HDR, it's a high dynamic range what? Well, we all know if we see HDR photo, we know exactly what that is. Yeah. But, 
but that's that's because that that term has been defined for for some time now. Sure, sure. Where's this? Where's this, everything going? Where, or where would you like the mirrorless and all this stuff? Where would you? What's missing for you right now in your workflow? You like this would be so more much helpers. better if I had <laughs> more, if I more, had more this, you know, um, or feature set. Yeah. Um, I I mean I love it that I, I started probably two years ago with people asking for more video. Video. So I would yeah. say it's about fifty percent right now uh, um, with the estimates and the work yeah. that I'm doing. Okay. Um, so I think it's. And it's but you have keep to going. know. Yeah, yeah. I think you. I think as a photographer, you have to be that. Yeah. I think you have to really know how to shoot video and have offer that for your clients. So, I mean, whether cool. it's corporate. Um, I know Suzette does a lot of that with her families. Mm -hmm. You know, so it really, I think across the board with photography, I think you have to offer that for clients. So. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Gee, where's where's the industry going? Do you think? I think the next evolution of hybrid is interactivity. Mm. Okay, so uh, I saw we saw a video um, the Swedish hair care company. They they did an animated portrait and a vertical billboard or vertical uh, display inside yeah. of the subway, and they had a little uh, Raspberry Pi computer that could sense the subway when it came by. When the subway passed the screen, her hair started blowing. Oh, that's so cool. So that that's oh. that's the next step. Okay, that's the next step. And again, integrating it, integrating the portrait with its environment. Right. 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 Oh. I mean, imagine if, if you walk past a billboard or some display in a, say, in a hotel, and, and, and the person just watches you as you walk by, wow. you know, or they wave or something. There's a, that, that's where I see this type of photography going. And again, it's, it's, it's photography that's for, or excuse me, video that's for photographers. Mm -hmm. So we're shooting it with tools that are designed for photographers. We're editing on tools that are designed for photographers. It has, it has the, the essence of a photograph, but expanded. I love it. I love it. This stuff is going crazy places. <laughs> All right. So, Kristen Jensen, where can people go to check out your work and maybe hire you to do some of those corporate shots and all that other stuff you do? Uh, KristenJensen.com. That's it? Yeah, that's it. K-R-I-S-T-E-N-J-E-N-S-E-N.com. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks for coming yeah. on today. Yeah, I thank appreciate you. it. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Anytime. Yeah. Julio Shorio, what about you? Where Small camera, go? big picture. It's not JulioShorio.com? That's my portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> Good luck trying to spell that. So if you go to small, if you go to small gamer big picture, you can go right to my portfolio. I just learned how to pronounce your name, and I've known you for a couple years. So I just learned how to pronounce my name too. So I don't feel so bad. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys, that's it for this episode of This Week in Photo. I'm your host Frederick Van Johnson. If you want to connect with TWIP, you can find us at thisweekinphoto.com, obviously, or on Twitter at This Week in Photo, on Facebook and Google Plus. In the blog post for this episode, we'll link to these guys and show some of their work and all that good stuff. That's it. Thanks a lot for stopping by. This Week in Photo is a Pixelcore.tv production. Produced by Suzanne Llewellyn. With technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar. Hey guys, I'm here with Mr. Ralph Velasco. He's a travel photographer who has been all over the globe multiple times taking amazing pictures. He's been recognized as one of the top 100 photographers or top 100 travel photographers running around this planet right now. 
He's got some really interesting stuff to share with us both on the workshops that he's working on, some that he's preparing to deploy on right now, and I'm going to squeeze his brain for some tips that we as non-world-traveling, globe-trotting photographers can use to make our movements around the planet a little bit easier. So, Ralph, welcome to This Week in Photo. Hey, great to be here, Frederick. It's good to have you. It's good to have you. So, how did you how did you get into all this stuff? I mean, you know, like some photographers are, you know, we we gravitate towards different genres of photography, like whether it be, you know, models or landscape or sports or you know whatever aerial birding. What drove you to travel slash landscape type stuff? Well, I guess I've always been a traveler. So since I was 15, I started traveling pretty extensively internationally. And so I caught the bug very, very early on. Um, I guess I've been, I'm 50 now, so I guess I've been doing this for 35 years traveling. I haven't been a travel photographer for 35 years, but I had the bug to uh, just experience and get to know other cultures and so of course I'd always had a, a camera with me it was a lot different back then the type of gear that I had of course yeah but, maybe bigger uh, heavier all that yeah yeah and uh, certainly starting out it I wasn't out there with high-end DSLRs or anything you know just start out with a point and shoot like most people do mm -hmm. but uh, I guess I got some good feedback early on and so it was very encouraging but I uh, went to business school. I went to Indiana University Business School. So I uh, had always wanted to try to pursue travel and photography as a career, but kind of got sidetracked by what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and right. so uh, I, I grew up in the restaurant business. And so right out of college, I actually purchased a restaurant and I ran that for a couple of years. Wow. Yeah, and then I uh, sold that, and I decided that before I did anything else, I was going to buy a round-the-world ticket. And so I traveled around the world by myself for five months uh, when I was 24. And as you can imagine, one of the great experiences of my life. Mm -hmm. And so I uh, really had the bug. And then I tried a lot of different things. Uh, ended up uh, going to get my MBA. I studied in Mexico City at a school down there. It was actually an American-accredited school in Mexico City, so I lived in Mexico City. And uh, that, of course, added to the international background that I have. I speak Spanish, so I spent a lot of time in Hispanic countries, and um, so got the bug down there. And, uh, and then I did some other sort of conventional things. I sold real estate for a while. I uh, had a second restaurant. Wow. And uh, I was director of marketing for a division of a Fortune 500 company for a while. And then around 2005, I got, uh, I was in uh, financial advisor. I was looking for a way to get back out to California. I was living in Chicago at the time. A friend of mine was an advisor and he said, well, why don't you work for me? So I looked at it as a way to get out there. But immediately I started uh, teaching photography at the local community center in Newport Beach where I lived. Uh, mm -hmm. I ended up teaching at the University of California Irvine Extension program, Saddleback College, uh, Santa Ana College. So, so it was kind of doing that on the side. And then in 2008, when the market crashed in September, as we know, right. uh, 
my friend who had been doing this for 25 years, who had been a financial advisor for 25 years, saw his business go down 90%. Jeez. And so when I saw guys with huge experience like that kind of floundering at that time, I said, well, this was the, the perfect uh, proverbial kick in the ass that I needed to right. uh, pursue this full time. And I, was, I had actually positioned myself very well to be able to, uh, to support myself with photography from that point on. That's that's great. I mean, that's that's a uh, you've done a lot of stuff. So that's it's amazing. And it's an interesting how through being a restaurateur and all that stuff, it sort of led you to where you are now, which is probably where you should have been in the first place. You know, exactly. <laughs> doing the photography. So yeah. tell me about that. So you're you know, I'm looking at your site, and you're all over the place. And you you told me before we started recording that you're about to you're prepping to go on another adventure for three months this weekend or this coming weekend, how, well, first off, tell me about the workshops and how all that stuff works. How do you get people in there and how, how much do they cost, all that stuff? Well, uh, I've, first of all, I, I never call them workshops. Mm -hmm. And the reason I don't is because work is a four-letter word. It is. <laughs> and it is. Uh, we're, we're there to have fun. And my, my trips are a little bit more casual than a workshop. Uh, even I don't want to be out there shooting 12 hours a day. I have other interests that I like to pursue. I'm a big proponent of putting the camera down. And mm -hmm. so uh, I don't always have a camera around my neck. Uh, certainly I've always got my iPhone in my pocket for something quick that pops up. But uh, I think there's uh, a lot of times we travel and we end up just seeing a place through the viewfinder of a camera. Yeah. And so I think there needs to be a balance there, and that's what I try to provide with my trips. And if there's one uh, comment that I get uh, in the feedback that I ask for after my trips is people say that there's a really good ratio of scheduled activities to free time. Mm -hmm. So I like to have group activities maybe four hours a day and then uh, free time for people to go and pursue their own interests. Maybe they want to bring a spouse or a friend who doesn't have any interest in photography. Uh, they would definitely feel comfortable hanging out with us while we are photographing, but then maybe later they want to do museums or take a cooking class or you know, do some other things that, uh, that, that they're interested in. And uh, I think that that's worked really well for the types of people that come on my trips, people that need their handheld 12 hours a day. Probably my trips aren't for them. Yeah. And then what, how big are the groups that you take out? Oh, anywhere from 5 to 11. I try to max it out at 11 people. Okay. And uh, so I found that that's a good, uh, it's a, a big enough group that I could keep the price of the trips down, but it's small enough that people can get uh, some individual attention, that we can use smaller uh, vehicles, we can get into... Uh, more intimate places. Uh, we can get into smaller restaurants and hotels. I like for our groups to stay at boutique hotels as opposed to big chains. So uh, I found that that's been a really good size for my type of groups. And then are the, in, as far as fees go, what, what's the general range of fees um, that you charge and what's that inclusive of? I'm, I'm assuming not airfare, but what, what else is, what's covered? Right. So I never include airfare because uh, people want to use miles or they've got a particular airline that they want to use or they're, they're coming from all over the world just to meet in a particular location. So mm -hmm. people handle that on their own. But the trips range anywhere from I've got a 14-day a, a Cambodia trip 
where we circumnavigate the whole the Tonle Sap Lake, Siem uh, Reap, which is where Angkor Wat is, Batambang, which is where the uh, bamboo train is, some really great places that we go there, the capital of Phnom Penh, we're going to go to Kep, which is near the beach. 14 days, uh, that's hotels, and like I said, really nice boutique hotels in great locations. I always try to stay in central locations so that when people do have the free time, they can just walk out the front of the door of the hotel and be in the heart of it. That's great. Uh, that's, that's the ideal, yeah. And uh, so it includes, uh, of course, all breakfast, because most hotels include breakfast, uh, most other meals, but I don't want to provide all meals because I want people to have to go out and sort of fend for themselves and discover the place and find new restaurants and things like that on their own. Uh, but we have local guides, all transportation within the country, all tips and uh, for the guides and the drivers. I mean, pretty much everything is. Just, people just have to get themselves to you, and now they're on the they're on the 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 train at that point, right? Exactly. Uh, it's like okay, we're going to meet on on Friday night at seven o'clock in Madrid, and that's when the trip starts. And uh, and, you know, we're going to have a meet and greet so everyone gets to know each other. We talk about the trip ahead. And, uh, you know, and then we usually have a welcome dinner so that people don't have to figure out where to eat the first night. Yeah. And we give them a little orientation. Um, but like my Cambodia trip, 14-day Cambodia trip is $2,999. Okay. Uh, so 20, you know, 3000 bucks, pretty much all in except for airfare to Cambodia. That's great. Uh, it's just a, a really, I think it's really good value for the money. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then there's other trips like Tuscany is about $3,700, and that's a 10-day trip. Mm -hmm. It's just a much more expensive place to travel. Yeah. And so it depends where, on... Where are you going? You said you're taking off this weekend. Where are you heading to for, you said three months? I'm going for three months uh, straight. So I leave for Istanbul, Turkey on Saturday. I'll get there mm -hmm. Sunday. I'm scouting there for a couple weeks, and then from Istanbul, I fly to Rome, and we'll go up to Tuscany, and we'll do some scouting there. I've got a trip coming up in September, so I'll be scouting there and, and hopefully getting a little bit of rest because as much as I travel, I never get a vacation. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure no one feels sorry for me. <laughs> no, they don't. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, you hear the world's smallest violins playing for you there? <laughs> That's yeah, great. So, so then, so I guess the question that's burning my head is like, as you do, you're doing all this. I got a, a good picture for you know the where you're going and what you're doing when you get there and all that stuff. How do you prepare for this, especially now that you're going to be gone for three months? As a photographer, how do you prepare? You're not bringing three months worth of baggage with you and all this stuff. I'm assuming there's going to be a laundry trip or two. There. So take me through some of that. Like, how does a, a traveling photographer prepare for these extended international adventures? Sure. Uh, yeah, of course, I don't have three months worth of clothes on me. Uh, I probably don't even own three months worth of clothes. I don't think period. I do either. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm probably packing for about 10 to 14 days. And then, like you say, I'll just do laundry here and there. But uh, I, I, I'm a real big list maker, so I have a list that I just work from all the time. I tweak it for the different locations I go to. There might be you know, 5% that's different depending on the location that I'm going to, but not a whole lot. Uh, because I travel so much, uh, last year I was, on, I, I was looking at my schedule. I, I was on the road over 200 days. Wow. This year is going to be like 260 
So I pretty much don't unpack. <laughs> so I'm pretty much ready to grab my your bag. Closet, your closet at your house is a temporary holding area. Right? Pretty much. Uh, I, you know, I, I have five days here, ten days there in between trips, so I, I pretty much just work out of my suitcase when I'm at home a lot too. Yeah, well, uh, but, but I do uh, try to – I actually had about a month where I'm not traveling right now, uh, but I – try to plan ahead so about 10 to 14 days in advance I'm starting to you know throw this in the bag there that there uh, make sure I've got all my gear uh, well ahead of time so if I get something it, it doesn't work or I don't like it I've got time to return it and get, mm -hmm. a, get a new one so I try to plan ahead because uh, you know once I hit the road on Saturday there's no uh, you know, even if I, they probably have Amazon over there, if I wanted to order something, but you know, I'm I'm in a place for two days at a time, so it's not realistic to to get anything. So yeah, yeah. What about gear? As a you know, the photography. I mean, you're shooting landscape, so do you? What's what's in your bag? I guess is the is the fine point question on that. Well, um, my big thing is that I try to the the thing that I try to teach and I've got an iPhone app and I've got some books out and things like that cool. that uh, and I teach classes that talk about trying to bring back a well-rounded set of images and so if you're just a landscape photographer you're just a portrait photographer and you come home with just those images uh, you're probably gonna have a fairly boring slideshow if that's all you show so I'm really big about uh, having a shot list, working from a shot list. And There's so, those lists again. See, lists. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so I used to do like everyone else and just have a piece of, you know, pad of paper and pen and write my list or have a notes app or something. But finally I said, you know what, I'm going to create an app that will allow people to do that and have sample images. They could check things off their list. They could create their own shot list for different locations. Uh, take pictures from within the app. There's a little challenge me feature, so you you shake the device and up pops a new category. Oh, that's so cool. 50, yeah, there's 52 categories in this in this app, and so you maybe you only need 30 in a particular location. So you can create a a, a shot list just for Istanbul, and then work from that when you go to Paris, wherever. So. Um, that's yeah. great because I know a lot of a lot of photographers, especially on photo walks that I lead or or, or a participant on even. Um, but one of the main questions that I hear from people is, "Okay, we're out here, you know, we're in we're in Chinatown in San Francisco. What should I shoot?" Because you're you're overwhelmed. You got the gear, you got the desire, you got the location. Now what? You know, especially if you're surrounded by other photographers, you're like, "Wow." That was a great picture of that dragon. I wish I had thought about that, but now I can't shoot that because that person's shooting. <laughs> you know? so, but you're saying you can combat that kind of creativity fatigue by just listing out and going on a mission and filling in the blanks, right? Absolutely, and I think that the more you know what you're looking for, the more you're likely to see it. Yeah, and so I teach. Uh, a that works. Class. That works in dating too. Just by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Amazingly, that works in you know all kinds of parts of our lives. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So, so having an idea of what you're looking for, you're much more apt to find it. And so that's uh, that's the idea behind that challenge me feature is that now that that particular category pops up and maybe it's out of your comfort zone, but now 
I guarantee the more you, uh, if you if you have that, you're going to see it everywhere. And one thing that I do with my with my groups when I take them on on trips is I say have a theme in mind. Mm-hmm. So uh, one one gentleman said, okay, I'm going to look for people at work. And someone else said, I'm going to look for door knockers and hinges and hardware, things like that. And I started to see people at work everywhere. I started to really focus in on door knockers and things like that. And so uh, I I really, uh, it's like kind of when you buy a new car and all of a sudden you see that color or that model seemingly everywhere. It's just because now it's in your head. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important. Have a theme in mind. That, that would be my first tip if I were to give one. And Ralph, before we leave the the idea of the or the app that you were talking about, what's it called? It's in the iTunes Store, I would imagine. But what what should folks search for to get it? Yeah, look for my shot lists for travel, or you could put in my name, Ralph Velasco, in the search field, and it should pop up as well. Okay. And what does that run? How much is it? It's not. That's a whopping ninety nine cents. I don't, I gotta start saving now for that. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. Okay, cool. So let's let's uh, close this off a little bit. So the we got an idea of gear a little bit. We got an idea of what you do, how you prepare, and then what you do when you get there. When you're back from one of these adventures, what do you do with the images? Are you like you personally? Are your images going up on stock, or are you are you just making a portfolio, printing them, putting on the wall in your house? What's the final destination? Yeah, uh, you know, stock is, uh, it's a whole nother job. And as we all know, the bottom's fallen out of that for the most part. So I don't spend a lot of time at all doing that. Um, It it sounds great, but I just have never spent the effort to to try to work that. So um, I, I print some images. I put them up on my walls. I use them for marketing of future trips. Uh, I, I spend a lot of time on Facebook and uh, some social media where I share things. Uh, so I, I use them for that, and uh, I'm certainly creating a portfolio uh, over the years and um, developing that as well. Um, but if I could just step back real quick to the gear. Yeah, uh, yeah, go for it. I, I am often asked what gear I use and what I travel with, and so I just – bought a, a D610, so the Nikon D610. It's my mm-hmm. first full-frame camera. And so I've been shooting with a D300S for about three years now, and I pretty much use that and a, a 24 to 120 uh, lens. And so that's pretty much what I've shot with the whole time. And it's like one camera, one lens. Yes, yes. Wow. Uh, that's yeah. Amazing. And uh, my feeling is that, yeah, I'm going to miss some shots because I don't have a particular lens that I could have used in that situation, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I'm getting other shots because I'm so mobile and so able to uh, get into smaller places. I don't want to look like a photographer, a professional photographer. Uh, I don't have the the backpacks as Nikon or low pro or steal from me on it. I just uh, (laughs) target. I am a target. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, The big bullseye on it. Um, so I just try to, I I don't have the photography vest on either. So I want to try to blend in as much as possible. And I know that most of the places I go, people know that I'm not a local, but I think the more that you can blend in, the more you're going to get the candid shots, the more people aren't going to, 
be thinking about you as they go about their daily lives and and then those are the kinds of images that I like to capture people just going about their everyday business whether it's sitting in a doorway or sweeping the cathedral square or whatever it is people going about everyday life mm -hmm. so like capturing capturing sort of the the local flavor of whatever location you happen to be in yeah and my my second ebook is called essence of a place so it's mm -hmm. about using a shot list to capture the essence of a place and that's about you know working from a, a well-rounded set of images that you bring back but you you have to have that set of images to 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 pull from when you put together your slideshow or your your a website or your book that you're putting together yeah. so um, it's a matter of having those images to work from I'm gonna I'm gonna download that app right after this <laughs> so because I think that's I mean and that's just not blowing smoke because that that is one of the as you, you probably know because you create the app, but that's one of the, the sticking points for a lot of photographers that go to different places. Like I, I'm going on a bunch of trips later this year, and that is one of the points of stress in my head. Like, okay, when I get there, what do I do? You know, I don't want to go there and come back with nothing. You know, it's once-in-a-lifetime trips here. How do I make sure or at least help to ensure that I come back with something usable? And I guess the answer is lists, right? Yeah, because it could be overwhelming. I mean, I'm going to land in, in Istanbul on Sunday, and it's you know, one of the largest cities in the world with millions of people. And it's like, okay, now what? And I think that having a shot list, it's an organizational tool. So it keeps you organized, and uh, it, it makes things not so overwhelming. Yeah. And, and that's the idea. And uh and I think limiting yourself somewhat too with the gear can also help make things not so overwhelming because you uh, I, I'm, I'm really big about getting an overall establishing shot of something then the medium and detail shots that make it up mm -hmm. and that continues to tell the story but you know you can go really wide you can go zoom in a lot with uh, with a lot of different types of lenses but changing lenses out and and I think you're gonna you're gonna miss you're gonna get some shots, but you're gonna miss other ones. And so right. I like less to, is less yeah. is more, right? I think and so. I, I do. It's a theme I've been hearing a lot over the last couple of years. It's like downsizing, less is more. It's more about the photography. I think David Dushman, um, a long time ago when I met him, you know, he he was waving that flag of it's not the gear, stupid. It's you know vision. You know, it's about the vision and about the art and craft of photography, not about how many lenses you have or how many megapixels even your camera is, all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah it sounds like you validated that point. Thank you. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ralph. So we've got on, on your lower third there that you're at ralphvelasco.com, so people can go there. I would assume that's the center of everything that you're working on. Are there any other URLs that you'd like people to know about? Uh, well, if you did want to, I've got a... a the very uh, small website up for the app at myshotlist.com, okay. but everything goes through ralphalasco.com. If you look under tours, you're going to see all my trips that I have coming up this year, uh, Central Europe, Tuscany, Morocco, Iceland, Bhutan, Nepal, uh, Cambodia. I I'm, uh, just got back from my 10th people-to-people program to Cuba, so I, what's I people love, to people? What is that? Well, people to people is a, a license that uh, allows uh, U.S. citizens to 
go on a fully licensed program to Cuba. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I would never bring a group down there illegally. But uh, in January, I came back from my 10th trip, and um, I cannot wait to go back. I've got uh, two or three other trips coming up this year. I'll be back in June, uh, November, and then I've got a couple trips already planned for next year. So it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful place, a great photo opportunity. The people are fantastic. I've made some really, really great friends down there. So I always look forward to getting back to Cuba. So here, here's a final question for you, Ralph. So a lot of people on the planet that are watching this and pounding their desks in their cubicle, cubicles wishing they were you, they say, when I retire, I want to travel the world and see everything and take pictures and eat exotic foods and meet people and all that stuff. You're doing that right now. What does retirement look like for you? If you're doing all this cool <laughs> stuff now, is it like, I'm going to sit home and watch Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I just hope I can get to retirement age <laughs> at this rate. I guess the answer is you're you're just going to continue this until you can't do it anymore, right? Absolutely. You know, there there's an old saying: uh, "What would you have to do if you didn't have to do anything?" Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm doing right now. And it, it was a long, hard road. I didn't just fall into this. It's uh, just been a lot of little incremental things and. And just to for the reality, it sounds great what I'm doing, and I, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but people need to know that uh, it's the old 80-20 rule. 80% of it's the administration and the, the marketing and all the behind-the-scenes stuff, and the other 20% is the, the travel part. Mm-hmm. Uh, the well, glamorous, yeah. yeah Pareto's, the, what is that, Pareto's principle or Pareto's law, yeah, the 80-20. Exactly. Uh, or like I call it, like just refer to it as the iceberg principle, where you, <laughs> the part that you see is not necessarily all it takes to make this thing, you know, the the whole of this thing. Yeah, so and it's cool. probably more like the iceberg where it's ninety ten, not eighty twenty. <laughs> right. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, then much like everything I do too. I mean, a lot of it's like, oh wow, it's so cool, you know. But then there's a lot of you know, grind behind things to make things work and keep working. So, yeah. Absolutely, but it's hard fun. work. Hard work. That's what makes things happen. One trade it for the world. <laughs> yep. Cool, Ralph. Well, thank you for, for coming on. Um, it's been a pleasure and an honor talking to you. I'm, I'm a, a little upset looking at your website because all these cool places that you're going to <laughs> that I'm not going to. But ebooks, you've got ebooks up there, you've got workshops that people can go to apps that are out there so people should just head over to your site or what's it and what was the name of the the microsite that you set up for the app uh, myshotlist.com myshotlist.com they should definitely yeah. check that out and the uh, the ebooks are 499 uh, there's an iPad version for my recent one called essence of a place you can find that on uh, on the iBook store so uh, and that's based on the shotlist principle and uh, certainly, I didn't come up with the idea of creating a shot list. Of course, yeah. it's been around since the dawn of photography. Yeah. But uh, I believe I was the first one to put it into an app because I always had my iPhone with me. So I figured, why not have that list in my pocket all the time and not carry around this ratty piece of paper that I can never read? <laughs> Love it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Cool, Ralph. Well, uh, good luck on your trip this weekend. Thanks for coming on. And um, I guess we should check in with you when you get back in three months from this trip and see how it went. You up for that? 
I would love it, absolutely. And you you got to come with me sometime to Cuba. I would love to come to Cuba. A couple of friends of mine have been down there and have nothing but good things to say about Cuba. So, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Good. Okay, well, take care, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.